I mean, my throat is really fucked up after the, the scot. Drink more. <sighs> Was any of it, like, too spicy? <clears throat> no, it's perfectly spiced. Good. Yeah. Same. There's vanilla in that, right? No. Really? Wow. It's just, it's literally just egg, butter, sugar, flour, and flavoring. All right. It's very simple. It's right. perfectly spiced. Are we ready? Because I've had a couple bites when I was tasting and, like, checking it that I was like, It tastes oh, really good. It's like the seeds didn't, like, disperse enough in this section. Mm-hmm. But can you bring most up, of them are Because we didn't talk about Ben's biscotti and the episode. Can oh, you bring don't, it up? don't worry about it. I have a plan. All right. Thank you. I mean, we can just put this section in. I don't think we're going to. Okay. So let me know when we're ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. A long time ago, <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Episode 11, Movies IMO, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Seated around a dining room table. Kylo, Ben, Envy, Darth, Crook, and Admiral Admiral Brandon at Kirby Bar are eating biscotti and are about to discuss a wonderful motion picture. Thank you for great biscotti. Thank you for going with that. Thank you. Delicious biscotti. Thank you for calling me by name. Kylo Ben Envy. That's right. Wait, who is that? You're Admiral Brandon at Kirby Bar. Thank you. Oh, nice. And I'm Darth Crook. This is Movies IMO. I'm Daniel Crook. I'm Ben Solo. Wait. I'm Brandon (laughs) (laughs) Porgveed. We are gathered here today on the Saturday of opening weekend for Star Wars The Last Jedi. It's already made $200 million. It's just cleaning up. Let's get Box Office Mojo on the horn. Hello? (laughs) Ring, ring. Hello? Do you guys want to hear my imitation of a cat call? Yeah. Ring, ring. Meow. Moving on. Uh, This is the the ninth installment of the storied Star Wars franchise. I don't even know where to start with plot on this thing. Um, Just say it's good. It's great. So the the first order has. I think that we should preface that obviously if you haven't seen the movie, you should not listen to this. Right. Yeah, obviously. More, more than any other episode we've done. Yeah. This is yes. spoilerific. Yes. Do not view. Listen. I mean, until spoiler you view, country. We don't warn the you spoilers. before we say the spoilers. This is the warning. Yeah. Although, if you haven't seen Star Wars: The Last Jedi yet. In a way, you're kind of my target audience. You are one of the <laughs> few people who listen to our Faces Places episode if you're not seeing Star Wars The Last Jedi on opening weekend. Accurate. Um, and second weekend. By the time this comes out, you'll have two weekends That's right. Seen it. That's a correct assessment. Merry Christmas. Isn't that when this comes out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Hanukkah, I think, will have concluded. Uh, Kwanzaa's right around the corner, and the solstice has come and gone. Maybe. Ben, you're the resident witch here. I'm the what? Resident witch. Yes, by this point, the solstice will have passed. That's what I thought. Thank you, witch. Yeah. You're welcome. I, I sort of have witch leanings myself, but I wanted Ben to take the torch. Um, I do love the solstice. It's one of my favorite days of the year. <laughs> um, okay. okay, Lana Del Rey. <laughs> so the first order is reigning hardcore. Kylo, <laughs> Kylo Ben MP Solo is... 
you know what? If you've seen the movie, you know what it's about. Let's just jump into this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain the plot. Directed by Ryan Johnson. Directed Written by Ryan. Directed. The, that's a that's an important. That's part. what Written I love. And directed. That's what I love about those first credits. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by the writer and director of Brick. The writer and director of. Oh, sorry. Uh, Looper. Looper. Brothers Bloom. We didn't talk about Lupita. We didn't. I did want to bring up the fact that I enjoyed the return of Lupita's alien in that nice. video where she's just like blowing bitches up. Can't talk right now. Boom. It's yeah, great. It's, it's a fine. great sequel. We're talking about her now. I, that's why I bring her up. Good. We all think that um, we all think that Maz is going to make a comeback in the third one, right? I would assume. Why that. would you keep her around in right. number two? Oh, totally. She's coming back for I vengeance. Also, I yeah. think that this movie is more of a sequel to Force Awakens than it is a middle chapter. It doesn't feel like a middle chapter at all. Right. Because I don't know what the third chapter is. I have no fucking idea. Right. When usually when you get a middle chapter, you're like, okay, I see where I see where this is. This going. This is just an ellipsis, and right. it's, this is not. This feels like a one-two. You're right. Well, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know if I totally believe what I just said. It's that it concludes most of the ideas in the first one that you think will define the trilogy. Right. Mm-hmm. Snoke, who are Ray's parents. How does Luke Skywalker factor into this? Mm-hmm. Uh, is Kylo Ren good or bad? Like. These are questions that right. you think all three films are going to grapple with, so I think it concludes those questions, while at the same time completely shaking up the soda can. Right, like we still definitely need a third movie. Exactly, yeah, there's more to come, but it, the puzzle is not arranging in the way you thought it was going to. Right, we have no idea what's coming in episode nine. Hopefully more porgs. More porgs! I can't even get on the porg. Porgs! <laughs> Park. <laughs> are they furry? Yeah, yeah they're 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 furbies. Like, they're they're, 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 they're furby like, owls. They're like owl furbies. They're like penguin they're material. Like furry penguins. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was the exact noise. That was good. <laughs> I am a porg. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do we all just see? I you saw it in the morning, so did anyone cheer? There was cheering. There was cheering in my very tame landmark 945 AM screening. And when I got the what Daniel just did, I cried. It's it hits you right in the heart. I it really I cried so many times. Well, it reminds me of the musical refrain in Call Me By Your Name that you hear it enough times and it just triggers a heart, like a, a yeah. total heart murmur. Yeah. And you think about how many times you saw that logo blast through space onto the screen when you were a kid and it just takes you right back. Yeah. I love it. But you know what I love about this movie is it both made me feel like a kid for two and a half hours and made me feel like an adult living in 2017 mm-hmm. because it doesn't lean so hard on its own nostalgia that it is just making the same movie all over again. By which I mean, The Force Awakens is such a strict analog to A New Hope. Right. But The Last Jedi subverts what we're expecting with an Empire Strikes Back movie. Yep. And it does feel extremely contemporary in certain... It's very uh, fresh. It's very fresh. Yeah. The he... tone, the sense of humor, and then the whole tackling of the 1%, which we'll get... We don't need to start there, but we'll get into Woo! that. <laughs> we'll get into the military-industrial complex. Oh, there is... Yeah. There's so much in this. And yeah, it feels extremely contemporary. And yeah, Ryan Johnson, he breaks all the rules. And I think that's why if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, if you go to Metacritic, the critics' reviews are through the roof. But if you look at the user scores, 
hardcore fifties. Hardcore fans are upset because and can we can we talk about what are your guys' theories? What are fans so upset about? I don't know. I, I'm wondering. I've got is an it, idea. Is it, is why don't you go first? Is it because they kill Luke Skywalker? Is it because they kill um, the, the head Snoke? Snoke. 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 It's not Snooker. It's not the it's card not. game or whatever. <laughs> it's not Snooky. Ooh. Um, is it those things, or uh, this was a pretty horrible thought? But or are they like, ew? Why is this so diverse and led by women? <laughs> Um, I think maybe a little bit of all of the above. I think that Star Wars fans weren't expecting two hours of a DOS boot-like exploration of power structures inside spaceships, mm-hmm. rather than speeding through the Redwood Forest with, mm-hmm. in, in an Ewok forest. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, that was something that I initially struggled with in the movie, is that so much of it takes place in space rather than on a planet. Yeah. And Star Wars is so good at world building and really fleshing out the environments of all these planets Yeah. that I... I was very relieved when we dropped down to the salt planets mm-hmm. because I, I just needed to go down to, not yeah. to Earth, but I, ne- yeah, I just wanted right. to see a fun environment after, after a certain point. But I just, I don't think that people were, exp- or, you know, the annoying um, male fans of this um, franchise were expecting such a uh, weighty uh, philosophical inquiry into both, like, like what makes a hero? Um, Okay, somebody interrupt here because I don't want to. <laughs> I, well, it's, a, it's a lot. There's a lot of weighty philosophical things that the, the movie's asking us to grapple with. Um, and I think that the movie is very slow in a yeah. lot of ways. There's a lot of waiting uh, for a good portion of the movie. The only action is in the gambling, the Monaco analog. Um, but Game of Thrones Monaco is what I called it. Exactly. But, uh, like the people in space, they're sitting ducks and Ray is training or Mm -hmm. trying, hoping to train. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, return the, I mean, not return, uh, Empire Strikes Back is also a lot of waiting. That's right. Yet people think it's the best one. Yes. I think that's, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. And, and that's the same one where Luke is training, right? Yeah. So, so there are a lot of parallels to Empire Strikes Back. Can I, the, when we when we hear that we're going to this one percenter planet, mm-hmm. I got so excited because, like you said, Daniel, like we were spending so much time in space. I'm like, oh, finally, we're gonna touch down somewhere. We're gonna. And see then we have this. that amazing shot that just starts in the back of the casino and pushes over all the tables mm-hmm. into the back of the room. It reminds me of the opening shot of Hugo. Mm. It's amazing, and there are so many fun-looking aliens, and most of them, I think, are homosexual aliens. <laughs> uh, these slender boys who are just slinking around with their chips. And I think the only reason Justin Thoreau... Justin Thoreau! Why is he there? I think Laura Dern was like, Ryan, his show is ending. He needs work. I think that's what they're it tight. is. I think they're, yeah, I totally think that's what it is. And it gives us this lovely Inland Empire mm-hmm. reunion. That's right. <laughs> and I think he's in it for it's a the, minute. It's the kind of cameo that half the audience isn't even going to know is a cameo. Yeah. I think it's good that they, I think it's like an important stunt casting moment. Because I think otherwise it like gives the character weight. We, we we think that they're eventually going to get back to him, the right. Master Code Breaker. But, I, I forgot Benicio was even in this movie. Yeah, me too. too. And then he's the actual kind of like 
reveal of like, oh, he's the guy. I had a big dumb moment in this movie um, where when um, when Rose and Finn are in the jail cell and they're like, God, we need we need a smuggler. We need someone who can sneak into places and crack this code and get rid of the tracking device inside of the uh, First Order ship. And then you hear somebody be like, I think I can help you with that. I gasped because I was so sure it was going to be Billy D. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and like Lando Calrissian flips over. He's like, got a ship. But I alas, love that. it was not. Not to be. Something else I think that is frustrating about this movie not for me, but could be for viewers expecting something a little more rabble-rousing, a little more traditional in the way that um, characters succeed, even when they fail, like in Empire Strikes Back, which famously like is a big victory moment for Darth Vader, mm-hmm. but it's still, apart from Han being frozen in carbonite, they have, like, Han, um, Luke has escaped miraculously, so it sort of ends on a, on a happy note. It, there's a sense of, like, success to it. Right. It's that almost every side quest in the movie is in vain, and not like they don't crack. They, they don't. Um, they don't break the tracking device mm-hmm. um, after all the time on the casino planet. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray finds out that her parents were nobodies. nobodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. Yeah, that. but it's 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 this idea that glory is not born out of um, a sort of individualistic sense of heroism where you personally take risks that make you look fucking badass Mm -hmm. rather it's this idea that we all have to work collectively together if anything's going to happen and as luke says the four the problem with the jedis is that they uh, have a monopoly on the force Mm -hmm. when in fact you could be a stable boy um on the casino planet and have the force Uh, yeah that's the most like magical thing that i've ever seen in my life is that moment at the end that and that that moment speaks to like Fuck the, yeah, someone tweeted, I think it was Chris, Chris tweeted this. He was like, Chris, file, I'm gonna fuck up his last name. Is um, that his last name? File. File. I've asked him. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. He tweeted, um, I love a franchise that says fuck you to the current generation. Like, here's the, here's the next generation. Yeah. Which a lot right, of this but, movie but is about not, that. But it's not just, I saw that too. I, I, I don't think he was just talking about the characters or maybe he was. And if he listens to this, he can let us know. I think it was also the idea that you are not going to watch your grandfather's Star Wars movie anymore. This is a, right. this is a Star War with a sense of humor. This is a Star War that is more interested in toppling the uh, logic that you're used to in this yeah. universe and establishing a, uh, a new one. Right. Yeah. Um, it happens like right away. It opens very similarly to the escape from Hoth mm-hmm. and you think that's what it's doing and then it becomes something totally different the entire like, movie is going to be radically different yeah. yeah you think like oh we're doing the same thing as the force awakens for like 3 minutes you're like oh this is going to be like note for note empire again and that was like a disappointing thing for me because i was like it's Ryan Johnson I want something else out of that. Yeah. And he gave me something else. That yeah. opening fight is so beautifully staged, though. Mm-hmm. I love the... All uh, of the set pieces are stunning in yeah. this movie. I love yeah. the shots on the First Order ship, the, the tracking shot from the back of the the back of the deck going all the way up to the window. We pass all these order, like these guards who are giving... Or not guards, all these officers who are giving orders. Yeah. And then we end on the last one being like, fire! Mm-hmm. And then like the camera pushes out through the window yeah. and we see the, it's really the rebel fleet. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. The whole movie is really impressive. I forget what I was going to say. Oh, back to your point about heroism versus, you know, trying to do for the better good. It's that whole thing between Laura Dern's character who... Yeah. 
when she when she <laughs> ah! okay i just brought up laura dern and we that's a we'll get to laura dern have a whole conversation um but, but the fact that she's laura not dern. she's not <laughs> telegraphing what she's doing because she doesn't need the glory yeah, right. And so, also because so she doesn't that... need to tell the the dude, the headstrong dude who thinks he needs to take yeah. control of the ship. She doesn't owe him any answers. Right. She's the boss. Even if even if he hadn't been demoted by right. General Leia. So that that whole that whole interplay between them speaks to that whole thing about okay, it's not about heroism, it's about, you know, doing for the better good. Yeah, it's the idea good. of putting the self first or the group. Yeah, so I love This is a stronger together film. Yeah. Right. And as I was telling Ben, I think that if Hillary Clinton were president, she would have gone all out in pandering <laughs> to this audience. Do you remember the debate uh, in 2015 when she said, may the force be with you on mm, the stage? Mm-hmm. She would have like, she she would have like tweeted a picture of herself going to the theater. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she would have been lit on this. And yeah. She would have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would have been talking about like the allure of the dark side is strong, yeah. but ultimately we are stronger together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this. Movie. Surrounded by stuffed porks. Yes. Yeah. I was saying that. <laughs> A fireside chat where the mantle is just full of stuffed porgs. That's another conversation. Fucking the porgs. <sighs> oh my okay. god. So the cr- I love all of the animals in this movie. All of the creatures. <gasps> the little salt dogs. The nun frogs. The nun frogs. <laughs> Ice foxes. And Ice. I'm not talking about Laura Dern, y'all. Ice. The, uh, the cat horses. Cat horses. <laughs> I love the cat horses that trample the rich people. Yes! And they escape. Rest in peace, Admiral Akbar, by the way. Um... Oh, there's something I want to say about the opening. I mean, we've talked about the structure of this movie. Um, I mean, not. I feel, I, I feel like we haven't even got into this. Right I know now. we haven't. We haven't talked. We haven't even touched about. Okay, can we? Can we all just so like collectively agree to just geek out now? Because I, I don't want to have like uh, like an academic conversation about this. I just want to talk about how cute the creatures are. <laughs> I and mean, General Leia's cloak and collar. Oh my god, that collar when she's standing in the base and there's a slow push in on her face. Woo! Yes. And how that's about, your cover photo now. I how about the moment shit. where we realized that. General Leia Organa has the force. In space. Space. In force. space. As she's dying. I was like, I was like, oh, that's how they're going to get rid of her, huh? I started crying I because she's dead. This it. Yeah, I me thought, too. I thought they have digitally done this as a goodbye mm-hmm. so that and erased her from the rest of the movie. That's what I thought too. It is, uh, it was not nice. It gave me whiplash to see Princess Leia General Leia getting whipped out of the spaceship when the it was, hull broke open and she was just sucked into space. Yeah, I thought that was that was awful, scarring mm-hmm. and jarring. Yeah, yeah, she's like out in space, looking like the baby from two thousand one: A Space Odyssey, and then all of a sudden her eyes, <laughs> Luke. She's I mean, she says that later, but uh, Luke. And she she, she flies through space like intergalactic Mary Poppins, <laughs> just. Comes right back in. She's got a little ice on her fingertips, but you know what? That's okay. And so she's in the coma, and that's when they bring in... I'm, I'm just segueing us to Laura She's in Dern. a space coma. She's in a space coma, and that's when Laura Dern comes in. What was her character's name? Does anyone remember? Oh. Holdo. Columbia. 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 We can just call her Laura I mean, her Dern. scenes are so... So when she's introduced, up. it's iconic. When she says, get this man off my bridge, <laughs> it's iconic. When she emerges from the smoke holding the... The oh, blaster. Yeah. Oh. And is it true that she mouths the sound of the blaster? She did on set, I heard. I don't know if it ended up in the Yeah, film. it she said that she said pew pew. Every I think time. it's Vice Admiral. Yeah, Vice Admiral Holdo. In, oh, yeah, Holdo. In the shot, it looks like she's going pew pew pew. pew. 
That would be amazing. I lost my mind. I would like to bring up my favorite part of the movie as we talk about Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get emotional as I talk yeah, about it. Please do. When she and Princess General Leia, it's hard to not call her Princess Leia. No, she is a princess, even though her planet is gone. Gone. Has been gone since the first minute that she's introduced in the franchise. <laughs> yeah, she's not really a princess at all in the first yeah. place. Um, when they say goodbye, they they start to say, may the force be with you at the same time. And then Laura Dern says, may the force be with you always. And she says it with this joy that is always Laura Dern, the actor's joy. And I'm so glad that that's the take they use because it's such like an audience surrogate moment of like, this is someone who has grown up with these movies and she gets to say this on camera right now, alone, not alongside Carrie Fisher. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And you know that like if Laura Dern was to cosplay her own Star Wars character, she'd be like, I'll take the purple wig. Yes. It's so, it's, it's like the best kind of fan service. Yeah. Yeah. Admiral, Admiral Amy Jellico. Yes. I just want. Yeah. I just want to say it too. My other favorite part is when she goes, "Godspeed, God speed, rebels. rebels!" Yes. Uh, can I? Can I say her line too? Yeah. I just. I just want to say it. May the force be with you, always. <laughs> so. I'm trying to think of the moments I cried. There are multiple moments. All of the moments. One of the moments was this innocuous random moment where you see the rebel fighters in their space craft. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, whatever. They're just like in the air, flying around. I and you, know. you cut to every fighter, and it's 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 a woman, it's a black guy, it's 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 another guy. It's 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 the diversity in this movie, and how it's celebrated. And this is very much a Star Wars movie for today mm-hmm. because it's so diverse. And I just teared up because I thought it was so great. Yeah. <laughs> just that, the diversity. That the diversity gets me pretty emotional in this movie too. Yeah, only because. I can't believe it's radical for a blockbuster movie to cast characters that look like the society that they're being right. pulled from. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars is Star Wars and like Fast and the Furious, like these are movies that reflect the way that the world actually right. looks. And so when right. you have Kelly Marie Tran, uh, John Boyega, and Benicio del Toro all on a side quest together, like there's mm-hmm. not a single white guy in the group, and yeah. it is exhilarating, not because of some sort of SJW thing simply because it looks like the streets that I live on, you know? Yeah, that's the way it should be. Yeah. So, yeah, the fact that that's radical is like, oh boy. But it is. Yeah, but it is, and it's amazing, and I'm glad that 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 exists in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, me too. I think the filmmaking is really... This is a non-sequitur from what you just said, but I was reminded of it. Sure, talking about Rose. The way that we are told to pay attention to Rose's sister before mm-hmm. we know who she is. And just, like, there is the way that she's photographed and edited, and it's just, like, this is a character that we should care for and identify with in the two minutes that they're alive in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, I just really, it's really powerful. It's like how hard it kicks when she doesn't say anything. We don't mm-hmm. even know her name we don't know until her name, later. But we see what she does. And yeah, we see her die. Well, it's because she has yeah. that she has that amazing struggle. Yes, um, where she puts the team, the the, the right. future of the universe before herself. Uh-huh. She's kicking the railing so that the remote control will fall down from on top of the bomb ship she's on, so then she can release the bombs. Mm-hmm. And we get that amazing close up where her 
faces filling up half the frame, yeah. and then mm-hmm. you've got all the flames coming up from underneath. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like that great De Palma type yes. shot, the split diopter. Mm-hmm. And this is not a split diopter shot, but it kind of looks like it. Right. But the the cherry on top is that little like crescent moon looking mm-hmm. uh, necklace that she's wearing, so that when we see roses, right. we are instantly connected. It's yes. right. perfect filmmaking. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I think. I could be wrong, but I think for me personally, this is the the best made Star Wars movie. I, I, that's probably I, I think I, it's 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 so artistically done, and it's so I mean it's just pure pop culture, but it's also um, so many shots. I'm just in awe, and yeah. the structure of it is so inventive and breaks so many rules, but still works. And yeah, Ryan Johnson is just an incredible filmmaker. It, this is, I think, the first Star Wars movie to really engage with the form and speak purely in cinematic language as yeah. a means to expressing the story itself. So right. an example of that is the Ray kylo Ren conversation yes, that is dominating the up. whole movie, the editing from uh, from her location to his and joining mm-hmm. it together through the cuts. A lazier film, so a lazy, a lazy, yeah. exactly. And a lazier filmmaker wouldn't have taken the simple route. They would have found a way to put their two bodies in a two shot, mm-hmm. which we get one glimpse of later. Right. But yeah. that's important because Luke is seeing it, right? But yeah, the fact that we are just cutting from the island of Porgs onto <laughs> evil spaceship, and the eye lines are perfect. Yes, like, it's. It's stupendous. I noticed the eyelines and the editing. Cinema. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it it's is, so simple. The movie is told through editing, and like that's the simplest definition of what a movie it is. is. What it yeah. is why when you see Kylo Ren and Rey fighting together later in that magnificent oh two, well, it's not God. a two shot. It's the wide shot of them fighting that the scene. the dead ringers, red yeah. cloak wearing imperial guards or whatever. Yeah, it feels like a coming home moment for these characters. Not just because they're two actors we love and two characters we've grown to learn, like who've become iconic, but right. because the film has been setting up this dialogue, yes, this in isolation with one yeah. another. So two things. I like when uh, Ray tells. Adam Driver to put a shirt on or put a, a towel on, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then two. I like so that shot you mentioned the wide in the in the red room with the dead ringers guards and um, just there's that moment of calm where they both set they set up mm-hmm. and there's that instant where it's just quiet and then they, that fight scene happens. Don't you just, love it's so your incredible for that? The cars huh? did. Your audience here for that? My, no, yours did. My God, I mean, insane. How great are the close-ups on? Um, uh-huh. Sorry, just really quick on Kylo Ren's lightsaber and the like the lawnmower sound effect that plays every <laughs> single time we get up to it. It's great. I'm gonna go see this in the Dolby Theater in Burbank. Oh, oh hell yeah! Yeah. Um, you have to if you have the opportunity. I also just love in the in the writing of it so many bait and switches, but like well done, bait and, like you think, oh my god, Kylo Ren's good. Oh wait, no, he's not. He's and then like, oh my god, angry. Luke's here. Oh wait, no, he's not. So I, I just love. I think I it's like very in- inventive. It's mm-hmm. really inventive. It's really exciting. And of course, yeah. Snoke is the biggest bait and switch of the whole thing. Right, that he. And dies. this is a great example of the way that this movie subverts our expectations yes. and yeah. totally throws away. Burns the Jedi texts of the original trilogy. Literally, let's Snoke, talk about that Snoke, scene too. Yeah, we'll just quickly. Snoke, mm-hmm. we're set up from movie one is to be Palpatine. Mm-hmm. We know we're going to meet him in this movie a little bit, and then the third one is going to be the big Snoke showdown. Right. And then when they cut to the insert, well, when Snoke is uh, 
laughing at Ray being like, I planted those. I like, I'm the one who established the bond between you. It's yeah. not because he's good. You have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to kill his enemy. And then it cuts to the close up of Ray's lightsaber right. shifting towards Snoke's direction. That is one of the more satisfying, surprising moments I've seen in a studio blockbuster in a really long yeah, time. Totally. Like I never thought Ray was in danger, but I didn't think that was going to happen. No, right? I, Yes. Yeah. I didn't think that that's how we get out of this moment. I thought I thought that, like, obviously it wouldn't be Finn because of where he is in the story, but, like, Finn rips off his dead ringer's red cloak mask, and then, like... <laughs> Someone will be... Or, yeah. like, Luke, sure, you know? Like, Luke sure. is dressed up as one of the guards and mm-hmm. then breaks her out of there. But no, it's really satisfying. I think this movie entirely is one of the most exciting blockbusters in since Mad Max Fury Road, probably. Yeah. That's fair. But I um, I hear you, because I, I had a lot of fun watching this movie, like I had watching Mad Max Fury Road. The closest analog for me would be Get Out, which is the most fun I've had in a movie theater since Mad Max Fury I would, Road. In terms of like, that, I, I, I know they're different. Like I, know they're, I, I know they're different things. Right. But this movie, I actually think, is refreshingly small scale in a lot of ways, even though there's tons of explosions and a lot of running around and there's a real kineticism to the entire movie that just throttles the story forward mm-hmm. and it never loses momentum, which is insane when you consider that we are mostly in space submarines the entire right. time while people waiting. are waiting for their Uber to show up, you know? <laughs> Climaxes for 70 of the, the yeah. 150 well, minutes. The cli- <laughs> yeah, and we're all jointly climaxing right now talking about it. But not only... Hell yeah. <laughs> but like, what I was saying earlier, like most of the side quests are in vain. There are not big emotional payoffs apart from right. Luke's right. story. They all, they all get fucked up, yeah. That's not these are not the beats that you expect from a traditional studio blockbuster. Right. I don't think. Um, yeah, and just what Ben said about how long everyone's waiting in this movie, like that is the opposite of momentum. It, yeah. and, and so it's the filmmaker, and it's the engagement with cinematic language that I think gives you that thrill. But I wouldn't say Mad Max Fury Road only because that movie is so whiz bang pop boom. Sure, mm, you know, and like this is a lot of times what feels like a still movie, right. even though a lot is going on around it. Like, the Ray Luke training stuff right. isn't really, doesn't really give you the fan service of the Yoda-Luke relationship. It's right. not goofy. It's deadly serious. And Luke is like, and by the way, fuck all of this, because the Jedis are elitists. Anyway, I've spoken too much. Well, just, sorry, going back to the, the Luke training, um, an- another way this movie subverts expectation is at the end of Force Awakens, everyone was talking about what is Luke? What are Luke's first words going to be? That was a big conversation topic. Oh yeah. And then I don't even remember. You well, get, it's not even words, really. It's um... you get this moment that, where Force Awakens ends that people were speculating about for a year. Two yeah, years. and Luke, two years. Luke's, and... Gonna, Luke's gonna see the lightsaber and be like, "Oh hell yeah! Like let's knock this shit down." And what does Luke do? He smacks the lightsaber into the ocean or and yeah. then and as then, if he were a glorious steward in titanic yeah. and the then shoulder. walks away yeah and it is the biggest fuck you to like not a fuck you but it's like it's it's playing with those See, expectations. but again this is a great it's, example it's of setting, why fans probably didn't like the movie yeah right. it's it's setting up it's setting up uh for ryan johnson to continue breaking rules right mm-hmm. um his first words actually end up being go away so. Nice. Which, which relatable? <laughs> yeah. Um, but can we talk about the burning down the the Jedi, Jedi text yeah. tree scene? The yeah. fact that the fact that literally throwing away the rule books of the previous right. six films. Yeah. The fact that Yoda is a puppet is so 
smart. Genius choice. Because those prequels, boy, that CGI, CGI Yoda <laughs> does not work. Dragging to the trash can. Yeah. No, it's great. It's, it's that like crass, or not crass, it's the crude looking Yoda. Yeah. Scrunched face, jerky movements. And that's how Yoda should be. Yeah. He should always be a puppet. Which, by the way, is the opposite of what you get with like Peter Cushing coming back in CGI yeah. in Rogue One. Ryan Johnson is both totally rewriting the rule book and doing fan service in a smart, organic way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the point is not to say, look what I can do. It's saying, how can I best integrate this story thread from those original films into this new chapter that I'm writing? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, I've said on the internet and amongst ourselves that I think yes. this is the most explicitly anti-establishment. Right? And I think yeah. um, it's really important the way that I I'm fairly certain this is the first movie out of all of them that refers to the Jedi as a religion. Yes. Explicitly as a religion and Yoda burns the books. Yeah. And it's a very much like that uh religion organized religion as opposed to belief and spirituality and the way that you live destroys lives. Yeah. This yeah. movie is just fucking burning sage from start yeah. to finish. Yeah. That's the and, and go off of that. You said also it's uh, anti capitalism. Yeah. It's anti. And, and, and by the way, this is why. Wealth. Yeah. It, yeah. It's anti military. Yeah. Pro communism. God damn it! The, this movie talking about how the military industrial complex keeps a cyclical state of conflict mm-hmm. and war going on that only helps the rich get richer and the good people die faster yeah. is radical for, not just for a studio film, but for, for a Star Disney. War, for, for Disney. Disney. Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, on one level, it reminds me of the Lego movie, which has a highly anti-corporatist viewpoint. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of that. It does not help that Disney bought Fox the day before this comes out. Right. That's a bummer. You, I mean, you do... This is, like, actually the conversation about separating the art from the artist that I want to have. I'm done defending pedophiles. I am done defending sexual abusers. But I will separate the art from the artist when it comes to the uh, Star Wars property, which is owned by Disney, and what Ryan Johnson is doing with it. Mm-hmm. Especially because... Because the philosophy is not disingenuous. The whole... Con- the, t- uh, the thematic tension of the whole movie is built around this idea. Yeah. Uh... And it's what the genesis of Star Wars was. It was not a studio. It was like when George Lucas made the movie, he was the the hippie. That's right. He he was making right. a movie yeah. about how he couldn't get into the studio system. Mm-hmm. And then, ironically, it made him literally the establishment, one of the richest people alive. Yep. Go ahead. Well, two things on that. The first, I'm going to make it really quick, and the second, I think we'll have a big conversation about this. The first is, I was shopping for Hanukkah gifts today for my six-year-old cousin, who is just my favorite little girl in the entire world. I'm at Romans in Pasadena. I'm in the children's... I'm not moving my glass away from the mic. (laughs) No no shame for you. No shame in my pour. I'm your wine pour. (laughs) Anyway, I'm in the children's book department. I'm looking for something that is like feminist, something that might have fairies in it. And I find a nice. book rack of like biographies of uh, important American figures or just international figures for children. And they're called like, who is blank or who are. So it's like, or who was Rosa Parks? Who was Abraham Lincoln? Who was Jacqueline Kennedy? Who is George Lucas? 
So, so George Lucas has a children's book <laughs> where they explain who he is. Yeah, yeah, but like his his peers in this group are like Jacqueline Kennedy. Well, and like the Pope, and Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa is one of them. Malala has one, and then George Lucas. Anyway, oh, so obviously Lucas has nothing. I mean, as far as I'm aware, what I understand from reading is that he's very progressive as a human. He's an environmentalist. Um, when he couldn't buy a studio, or he wanted studio space, and they, like the people in San Rafael wouldn't let him have it, so he bought it and is putting up equal, nice, affordable housing. Well, you guys, are you deal. fucking kidding me? That's amazing. I know, but it was just out of spite. <laughs> but still, yeah, he, but he, it's still happening. He was not trying to uh, give more access to affordable. He housing wanted to here. build a studio there, and they said no. So he was like, "I will build affordable apartments." Hey, oh, it's better than being oh. accused of rape and saying, it "I'm going to go help uh, beat the NRA." Mm-hmm. Can it's I hold on, Brandon? What do you need to say? I just remembered the other part that made me cry. Do oh, please. and my favorite part of the movie. This okay. is a podcast about crying. And we're on the record <laughs> about that. Um, I think this is my favorite part of the movie. It's when Laura Dern create. I don't know the character's name. Holdo, Holdo bitch. We looked it up. I already forgot. Holdo. She's just, she's just Laura Dern. You can call name. her Holdo or Admirable Admiral Amy Jellico. The Admirable Admiral Amy Jellico. When the Admirable Admirable. <laughs> this is a tongue twister. <laughs> admirable Admiral Amy Jellico. Anyway, when Laura Dern decides <laughs> to. To save the rebels going to uh, the salt planet, which we still need to talk about the we'll salt. Ta- oh, we'll, we'll get, get to crate. We'll get to crate. <laughs> we'll get um, when she decides to light speed, which light when, speed suicide kamikaze, whatever. Yeah. yeah. By the way, into, Idris Elba did it first in Prometheus. But, oh, that's right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My audience also cheered. Yeah, we freaked the fuck At out. The, I mean, those are some incredible shots. Oh, uh, incredible of, of shots. the fracturing of the ship in outer moments, space yes. with the silence. and oh, It almost feels like it goes black and white for a second. Well, that's that's the moment I want. Yeah, the, where where it feels like a silent movie where it hits and then there's the, the dead silence. Yeah. It's such... You can't find a moment like that in the other eight Star Wars movies. Right. It is pure cinematic filmmaking. Like, it mm-hmm. is just... And that's why I love this one so much. Yeah. It's because you can't find artistic moments like that. Right. You can, if you, I guess. But well, I, this it was so in your like face. Like I said before, I I, it's not my favorite Star Wars film. I fucking love this movie. But I do think it is the first Star Wars movie to almost um, exclusively engage in cinematic language right. yeah. as a way of telling and a I story. Think... Rather than like fan service and, ooh, look at that. Especially... Ooh. Um, a New Hope, which I hate calling it A New Hope. Should I put that on the record? I hate calling bum, it A New Hope. I believe you should bum, call bum, it Star bum, Wars. Bum, 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 when bum, the movie bum, was bum, released, the scroll did not say Episode 4, bum, bum, A New Hope. That was added when they decided to make a sequel. Thank you. Bum, 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 it's called bum. Star Wars. <laughs> uh, anyway, Star Wars. I don't even know what point I was going to make now. You were going to uh, say <laughs> made that maybe Star Wars, something of a cinematic language, this one. Oh, compared. especially the first one was made on such a shoestring budget that a lot of the, like, panache is, like, a cheat to cover up for what it lacks. Like, the wipe cuts mm-hmm. are there because there's one shot where the camera pans and they realize the person didn't have the costume on. Oh did, my below. god. So they had to literally wipe so that you wouldn't see the bottom. The boxer shorts. And now yes. the wipes are iconic. Yes. Are there wipes in this film? There's one. There's, and there's also like an iris type. There, well, 
If there wasn't an iris, this would get one star on Letterboxd for me. <laughs> That's crucial. Yeah, there was one iris and one wipe. There was a wipe. Um, I well, clocked the wipe. I wiped, uh, wiped away some tears. Let me tell you that. Nice. There, were, there was more oh, than I one wipe. you were going to say something else. Woo! Anyway, the point I was going to <laughs> shit your pants. <laughs> you had to wipe. Um, All right, anyway. <laughs> I hate myself. Uh, Love you. So I was going to say that to your point that this movie feels more artistic is that they have unlimited resources now. And Ryan right, Johnson, right. I'll do respect to George Lucas and J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Johnson is... J.J. Binks. Is the most... Uh, wow. <laughs> I turned it down. I was like, oh, <laughs> Ryan wow. Johnson is the most creative in the bunch. And he's really, Absolutely. he is going to use this freedom better than the rest. Call me dumb, but... I will call you by your name. Thank you. <laughs> My name is dumb. Who's directing episode nine, do we know? JJ. JJ Biggs. They just announced JJ's gonna do it again. And not Ryan. Well, Ryan has been tasked Ryan to do his, his, own his own trilogy. Which is amazing. Which is very amazing. I'm very, very excited exciting. for that. Which means he can have even more freedom. He can create Looper Star Wars edition. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there can be more soldiers, more porgs, more dern. More crying. Nice. Nice reference. Oh, we haven't talked about the porgs yet. But okay, quickly, can I can I bring up something else? Because I know that I know that filmmaking. I have one more thing I want to say too. Okay, I have something about Hero's Journey as it relates to George Lucas's Mm. biography. Can I say this? It's like you don't even have to react to it. But speaking of the filmmaking, when Luke kisses Leia on the forehead in perfect silhouette. Yes, I I I told you I didn't think you could possibly top Luke and Leia's first kiss. It's so beautiful. Okay, go on. (laughs) <laughs> and then the fact that like Luke isn't actually there too yeah it's that... so beautiful and, and again subverts your fan expectations because you are waiting for the Luke and Leia reunion and because we know off screen that greatest wit in the world Carrie Fisher is no longer on the planet well is not living anymore um, that if they don't meet up in this movie they're not going to meet up right. period so it both accomplishes that bit of fan service but also subverts it because Luke wasn't actually there but he was th- I mean he this is what's there. great about the His force this was, yeah exactly this is what's great about the force like yeah really quick really quick before you um, say about George Lucas um for the first like thirty minutes of the movie, I I kept thinking about Gary's dog or not Gary's dog Aww. her her Gary's dog, dog Carrie's dog Gary Gary um, Fisher Gary Fisher watching. Carrie on screen, and I teared up every time she was on screen thinking about Gary reacting. It was to so her on screen. stressful to me, like realizing, oh fuck, she's gonna be in this movie at the first shot of her. It was like I forgot. Do you guys remember Carrie on the Star Wars Force Awakens press tour? Oh my god. That with one, Gary? Yeah, but that one great interview with the blonde woman is she's talking about how people will uh, call her Princess Leia and she'll be like, yes. And then and then she does a callback <laughs> in the interview when the interviewer says, the interviewer is talking about the plot and just says the words Princess Leia and Carrie Fisher cuts her off and goes, yes. <laughs> oh. I Jeez. cried so much last year, and this I'm going to cry again now. This is, yeah, this is taking, can I, can I tell a quick anecdote? Of course. Um, when I saw Rogue One last Christmas, that was last Christmas, Oh, right? I like this story. So when I saw Rogue One, um, I saw it with my dad and my niece, and my, my dad, um, his, 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 he pulled his phone out of his pocket, like, right toward the end of the movie, like, 15 minutes left. I was like, why are you looking at your phone? And he tried to, like, show me something. I was like, what are you doing? I'm watching. Put your fucking phone away. And then um, the movie ends with 
Princess Leia saying hope. hope. And then he sh- and then he shows me the phone and he says Carrie Fisher passed away. That's what he was trying to and Oh boy, did I cry. <laughs> Brandon's eyes are welling up right now. Yeah, it was like yeah, that's what he was trying to show me that she had passed away. Yeah. While I was in Rogue One and that movie ends with Princess Leia saying hope. I have found myself thinking about Carrie Fisher so much this past year because you know that she would be the voice that could just break through the noise about everything that's happening with Donald Trump right now Mm -hmm. and uh, this idea that misogyny and sexual harassment and uh, pedophilia, just like powerful men doing whatever they want, that it's somehow okay now, which thank God Roy Moore lost. Hopefully the tide is turning. Mm -hmm. So many times I've I've found myself thinking about how Carrie Fisher would be the one to just her wit would just cut right through it yeah. and say the perfect thing, mm-hmm. and it is really satisfying to see this movie a year after her death, where she is making the Hillary Clinton stronger together argument, and in a way, General Leia is a rebuke to Trump right. in yeah. this movie mm-hmm. through that sentiment, and even though we will never hear her scathing tweets about the president it's nice that the last time we see her on screen it is a uh it is her standing up for collective action and caring about one Mm -hmm. another yeah and putting the group above yourself i tweeted that i hope she wins an oscar for this movie i think she's amazing in this and i think it's the best acting that she's done and i mean she didn't really do that much acting since scream three but in a long time and i don't know I just Can't... Carrie Fisher is just so I just like need to say this for like therapeutic reasons but she's so important to me and I read postcards from the edge when I was like 20 and I think it saved my life and I think every young gay male in America feels like they have this special and unique relationship with Carrie Fisher yeah. and we'll never have that back and this movie is a really beautiful tribute to her and in I'm loving gonna, memory of our princess and I'm gonna bring this up even though it's gonna be awful is that Episode 9 would have been the defining beautiful yep. General Leia movie because they said that's what they were going to yep. do. I, I, I can't talk about that. And yeah. it's, this is the best that it's going to be and we have to savor that. Yep, I, um, I, I, I'm with you on all of that. Carrie Fisher is important to me for personal reasons too around mm-hmm. mental illness and yeah. uh, it is... She was the like safest space that has yeah. ever existed. Exactly. In American exactly. culture. And I think her performance is amazing in this film. She, in a way, does a Mary J. Blige and Mudbound for me, where she makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. And she is just understating everything. She's throwing every line away. And, you know, then has her moment with Laura Dern about May the Force Be With You, where, you know, she's doing some capital A acting there. Mm-hmm. But General Leia just seems so tired in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, she has seen so much shit, and I'm going to use this to tie back into what I was going to say about George, but General Leia has had hope, and that hope is, she's never lost the spark, but what's the great line in the movie about, like, if you only believe in hope when you can see it, then you wouldn't believe in the sun at night or something? uh, You would lose hope at every night. Yeah, something like that. If you only believed in the sun when you can see it. Right, but not... But nonetheless, she has been just dragged for the past couple of decades. Like at the end of her forty years, yeah, yeah. At the end of Return of the Jedi, peace has been returned to the universe. By the time we pick up in Force Awakens, the First Order um, has completely demolished that sense of peace and has rewritten history. Mm -hmm. And a fascist regime has taken over. So imagine what a toll that takes on General Leia's 
outlook around life. And anyway, I'm sorry, I'm talking forever. But watching Carrie Fisher on the press tour for Force Awakens, she was a fucking firecracker. Yeah. I mean, you can't possibly see Carrie Fisher's last uh, public appearances and then see this movie and say she's not really doing anything. Like, right. This is a real performance. I agree. Yeah. Like, Leia is not humorless in this film, but she's grave most right. of the time. Mm-hmm. And that is the polar opposite of Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, how gravelly, like, everything sounds that she, um, everything that she says, like... Even that is a character choice. Like, right. And it makes you think about Carrie's like rough life, too, and her history with drugs and, and just mm-hmm. all the shit she went through in life and how that took a physical toll on her as a person. Right. It works in another way in this movie, just as a... Please, I feel like I'm talking way in, too much. I just want yeah. to that point. In The Force Awakens, it the, the toll that drugs have taken on her body is so apparent in like a literal way because I don't think J.J. Abrams is a good enough director to like mask it. Um, and Just I put, think, should have put a lens flare right yeah. there, you know? But Making lens flare jokes, everybody. Like it's even, it's like down to the way that she moves her mouth in The Last Jedi is so much more natural than it was in The Force Awakens. And there is a level of comfort in this movie that she clearly didn't have in The Force Awakens. I yeah. agree. And I don't I know agree. if it's like that it just... She hadn't played Princess Leia in 30 years last time, and now it's more familiar. Or if something she connects more to this script, I think, is what it is. Yeah. I think I think, th- I think it's that. I, well, Brandon, please. Well, I, I'm, I was going to jump us. I just want to, at some point, speak about, because we're talking about Carrie Fisher's performance, and in a perfect world, that would get a Best Supporting Actress nomination. But what is this movie's... Oscar chances and 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 why nil and, no, and no, no, why no, no. I, I think it's I got think, some well Force Awakens got some nods but oh, it's all technical right, right? all technical um, I think the Last Jedi is going to get a Best Picture nomination it would do you really make my day yes I, I don't think it will but I think why it do you... should and I think Ryan Johnson should be nominated for Best Director I don't think that's going to happen and I think Carrie and Mark Hamill should be nominated for Action Mark Hamill but what will oh happen right what will happen visual effects. Maybe cinematography. Maybe production design. Maybe production design, editing, sound mixing, sound editing. This movie's going to get at least five Oscar nominations. It's not going to crack Best Picture. I think that it will crack Best Picture. Do you really? This movie is about about to be the highest grossing movie of all time. We know this, right? Or do we all agree on that point? It's about about to be the highest grossing movie. Do you think it's going to hit Avatar? Well, I don't know about that. I think it's going to outgross Force Awakens. I'll right. say that. I think, going, it, it, I think it, it will get number three. I think it's still just hard to hit. Where's Force Awakens right now? I don't remember. Uh, top ten. It is top ten. It's it going gonna to be Force Awakens. The Avengers is still number three. Oh, that's the trailer I saw. I actually thought the Infinity War trailer was quite good. Well, you're wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made me want to kill myself. Yeah, oh, seriously. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I'm just not interested. Here's in what's that. here's what's sorry. T- sorry, Brandon, but here's what's terrible about the Avengers trailer. Let's not. The entire tra- the, the trailer is not teaser length. It is full three at theatrical trailer length, and, and yeah, it, it is like a teaser. It is all built of shots of the characters right. because there are 100 characters in this movie. I enjoyed it. <sighs> Okay, right. um, but it was. Pre- I need it to was... go wash your mouth. That was so. Hey, but before, right before it was the Black Panther trailer. Oh, I, no, we, I we didn't, didn't, we didn't that. see that. We got black, a new Black Panther trailer, which was fucking lit. 
mini applause for that. And then Infinio, Infinity War came right after, and it felt like a nice one, too. You know what was pretty lit Anyway, yes, what was lit? Mark Hamill milking the ram cows for blue blood. Uh, or blue oh, milk. my God. Okay. How and then slugging it back. I just, when that, when that oh. fat cow, or whatever it was, <laughs> like a... What, like an anteater sitting upright? Yeah. An armadillo thing. cow. An armadillo cow. Oh no, Star Wars Force Awakens is number three. Um, when it, yeah, I think, I think, I Jedi's think gonna Jedi will take theory. that spot. When the, the cow thing turns its head after being milked and just kind of like looks at, at Ray, I was like, me. <laughs> you were saying. Okay, we have to talk about Mark Hamill extensively now. And we have to talk about the hero's journey. We have to talk about... We have so Crate much to the talk Salt about. Planet, which yeah. is the great, the single greatest piece of maximalist studio adventure filmmaking that I have seen in, at, I mean, Mad Max Fury. It is, right. but apart it is, from that, it is so visually perfect and great and good. And we will talk the, about it later. That the marketing team implemented it in its marketing yeah. of the yes. entire the movie. Yeah, three colors, red. Anyway, <laughs> Mark Hamill. I want to talk about the hero's journey. About cry in this movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make the shortest possible statement I can make. I okay. apologize to both the two of you. I apologize to the listeners. I'm just not shutting up. Mark Campbell illustrates on his face the journey of a man whose young adulthood was charted by optimism by escape by adventure and a belief that i am going to go somewhere in my life where things are better i'm going to be of value and the world will be good and then he realized that none of that came true or no no, i'm sorry even better all of it came true and it didn't last right Mm -hmm. and that he still wasn't fulfilled and that the universe didn't stay good this is someone whose optimism has been dashed this is someone who wanted to break into the studio system like George Lucas, got his wish, and then was pushed out of it like George Lucas. And of course, Lucas has nothing to do with this. Right. So that's not anything that he contributed. But I don't know, when I think of George Lucas, I do think of like a sad man sitting on a rock <laughs> looking at the sunset. <laughs> right. Because and then he never wanted yeah, it. <laughs> Disintegrating. <Yeah. laughs> I'm imagining that picture of Leonardo DiCaprio sitting. You know the picture I'm thinking of? I'm just no. thinking about the picture of him on the Inception set where he's oh, like made skip with his head yeah, to the side. That's a good Big one. Grin. I don't know these images. Oh I have to explore IMDb. Um, Mark Hamill. <laughs> I also think it's nice how much he's learned to act in the past 30 years. That's, oh my God. Through voice acting. Through voice acting. Yeah. Through, I, I thought about that. I was like, playing this is, the Joker. This mm-hmm. is, this is, is this the best thing he's ever done? Yes. yes. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down, right? There's no Although, contest. Oh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't plug Brigsby Bear right now. Because oh, Mark th- Mark Hamill has had a pretty good year. Is he in Brigsby Bear? Yes. And I need to see I it. had not seen a trailer for it. I knew nothing about it going in. So his role was a total surprise to me. And I don't know what you guys know about it. So I'm I just not going to say anything about the nature of the role. Mm-hmm. But he is also acting in that movie. Oh, I love that. And also, in a way, playing a couple of different characters um, uh, I won't. I want. There's a comparison I want to make, but it's not fair to the other characters. So I'll just say it's a great performance. That's all. Ben, you had some interesting thoughts. I keep saying hero's journey because I have mm-hmm. thoughts. I kind of said what I had to say right. about the arc of, uh, of uh, of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. But what I know, you have some interesting things to say about this. Um, the original Star Wars 
it was like a very straightforward hero's journey movie he wants something more for his life he's called to action he goes on an adventure and he becomes a man and it's a very classical movie he gets into a car accident he kisses his sister Oh, we all. <laughs> oh, I'm drinking out of a Star Wars you card. Are. I know. I can't believe we're 50 minutes in. Bum, before... bum, bum, I bum, usually bum, bum. drink from the Star Wars glass myself, and I gave pew, it to pew, you. Pew. <laughs> I'm so excited right yeah. now. You can get those at Disneyland because they own Star Wars now. They own everything. Yep. Um, wow. This is not a conversation no. about how the corporations will slowly kill us all. And this is a conversation so, about <laughs> the hero's journey. Um, and... Every movie after that is much more of an ensemble piece, but it still holds at its center that Luke is a hero. And then the prequels are sort of the reverse of the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And then Force Awakens is... They're they're the better call Saul of the Star Wars films. And then the Force Awakens... Seems like it's building Ray to be the singular hero. And then in this movie, Mark Hamill comes and shits on everything that she believes about herself mm-hmm. that she thought she learned in the first movie. Mm-hmm. While well, simultaneously believing in her. Yes. He as a human being, as, great... as a soul. Yes. Which we learn in the scene where he places all of the stones on her chakras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he. Like, he believes in her place as part of the larger whole, but he has come to learn that he is part of the Force. Don't you love communism? Yeah. He is Socialism. the one to save us all. He is just another part of the Force. Mm-hmm. And that is the a complete reversal of what Star Wars has been for 40 years. And it's always been there, but it has never been the focal point in the movie. And this movie, I think that's what it does most in its subversion, is that we totally have the, the, the rug pulled out from under us when we learn that he tried to kill Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, we hear... Kylo Ren's version of it first and it's a very much more sinister and then we hear Mark Hamill's version and it's still a total destruction of what we think Luke Skywalker is. Well, it destroys the idea of a faultless hero. Yes. Yeah. Of someone whose morals are spotless, mm-hmm. who has an invincible demeanor and a moral compass that always points due north. Yeah. This does not exist. Do you want to hear my imitation of Mark Hamill in Star Wars The Last Jedi? Yes. <clears throat> my hubris. <laughs> <laughs> he does say hubris. <laughs> Very good. And I think in the, fir- in the first three movies, there is this, like, he is attracted to the dark side. We see it. There is that conflict. But it's like the ending of Return of the Jedi is he's overcome that. He is now an infallible moral being. He hasn't. And this movie lets us know that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I brought this up in our Lady Bird episode. I'll bring it up again now. It's one of my favorite things about the motion picture Young Adult. It believes that people continue to make the same mistakes 
you you never really you know you change, but you never become a one hundred percent better person. Right. You are going to inevitably do what you did last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that about this movie. Yes, this movie really encapsulates that. Well, when you think about Star Wars, you think about a very black and white, dark side. What's the opposite of the dark side? The light. The light. Is it just the light? The light side. Yeah, the light side of the force. Yeah, so like, yeah, so like yeah. the dark side versus the light side. These are black and white conceptions of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And this movie is hanging out in the gray. Again, it's yeah. Fifty Shades. Yeah, which, I, yeah, because cause you think Ray is, not Ray, um, Adam Driver, Kylo Ren is pure evil. But then for, for you know, whatever, 45 minutes of the movie, you think, oh, but is he still, leaning toward the light? He did not, he had Even a chance to conflict, kill, he doesn't kill his mother. He doesn't yeah. kill his mother. Yep. Right, like, yeah. There yeah, is yeah, conflict yeah. inside of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that in the third film, and I'm honestly not interested in speculation, but I will offer my one piece of it. I don't think, it, it, as it relates to this film yeah. about Kylo Ren's uh, moral center, mm-hmm. I think that he, I think that we will have an analog to Return of the Jedi in the way that Darth Vader is humanized at the mm-hmm. end, even though it doesn't make up for the fact that he like, has killed millions of people by blowing up their entire planets. Right. I think that Kylo Ren will continue to have a complicated relationship mm-hmm. with yeah. the light and dark sides of the force. Because he was ready to team up with Ray. But he always wanted to get Ray on Just his so. side. Power. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um let's see. Uh should we rank? Hold on, I was gonna say something I, else I, before we rank. We're, well <laughs> if, we're not wrapping up with our rankings, no. are we? Okay. No. We have we have a lot to go still. I, I just know. love ranking. Can this be longer than the Call Me By Your Name episode? Is that our longest yet still? I don't know, but we're wasting time. So, our Shape of Water episode is like full ninety. Okay, well, nice. Um, what do you have to say? Porgs. Oh, um, <laughs> we haven't talked about the porgs. Another thing that <laughs> porg me by your I name. This movie, <laughs> the script. I'm just gonna keep going. The Shape of Porgs. Oh no, it's really fucking cute, <laughs> Lady Porg. <laughs> Project. Oh god. The porg. Is that the porg? <laughs> the porg thread? Phantom porg. I think Phantom Porg looks better. <laughs> porg out? <laughs> I hate everything. Darkest oh porg? Darkest porg. Okay. This has been, speaking of Darkest Pork, this has been the Pork Hour, moving yeah. forward. The silence of the pork, <laughs> I memed earlier. Pork out! <laughs> when Chewbacca's trying to eat his pork, <laughs> and all the porks are so sad. Driving home after seeing Star Wars this morning, and I just started laughing thinking about those porks. When the Millennium Falcon shows what up at the end, is, and but... there's the one pork screaming. Amazing! In the trailer. <laughs> when the pork splats on the window. Oh. <laughs> I love porks. I like I the porks like, in a group, though. More than I just like one cute pork, I like to see them all kind of like flapping their wings <laughs> doing their own thing. I love that the island is just full of 
The Echoes of Porgs. Yes, the (laughs) Island of Lost Porgs. Anyway, Ben, you were about to make a point before we... I don't remember. Oh. Do you Um, remember? I do. Good. Thank Um, God. I think this movie uh, ties together a lot of things that the Star Wars movies have been trying to do forever. Yeah. have not been able to do. And this finally does it. Such as yeah. saying that we all have light and good, light and bad within us. Yeah, it's the inside-out effect. Yeah. And the economical situation that George Lucas so desperately tried to work into the prequels finally yes. works. Yes. Yeah, so yes. what is that? Because the prequels are so fuzzy in my mind. Well, it's this whole idea of the haves and have-nots, Yes. Right? Okay. And, there's, and the prequels really... It's just, like, there's no coherent, like, the establishment is bad yeah. and the well, poor people are... Because George being... Lucas's answer to this is not showing one kid in the stables yeah. uh, who's an indentured servant mm-hmm. who, who probably does have the Force and will right. go up to be whatever the new version of Jedis are. George Lucas's answer is... What if we did forty-five minutes of galactic senate deliberation? Right. Like, just, this is right, why it was right. a good call to get him off of these yes. calls. And like that's really interesting to, to him. Yeah. But it's not. That's interesting. The prequels were mostly just senate deliberation. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. And the, the way that uh, democracy dies from within—it's there in the prequels. But it's so, like, confusingly done mm-hmm. and not grounded in character. And this movie really, like, hammers home what we're fighting for. Yes. Yeah. The greater we, good. Yes, none of the other movies have done. So in a way, what you're saying is George Lucas was your elusive fit socialist all along. Yeah. Could you, can you believe that? Wow. I'm so happy for you. I can yeah. believe that. It's like, the first three movies, it really is just, there is good and there is evil, and we know who we're rooting for. And then the prequels try to introduce why are the bad people bad and why are the good people good, and fails miserably. And then this movie finally says, "What if both? Yeah, why not both? Why, why not, not both? both? That GIF. This movie. <laughs> why not both? Hats let's talk about Monaco. TJ Slipko. TJ Slipko. Monaco. Yeah, let's talk about Game of Thrones. Monaco. Great. So I will. What start... is this reference? I don't watch this program. I don't either. But it it, it, sense, it looks it? like the hill where the Red Keep is in Game of Thrones. The who? What now? Huh? Anyway, so oh we're, wait, we're at Game of Thrones. Monaco. When Laura Dern says <laughs> the stormtrooper and the who now did what? <laughs> <laughs> I screamed. That's a good moment. to myself. So Brandon, you were sitting with some gays you didn't know. So so I had a two a two gays sit down in front of me, and I was like, "This is it. This is the chain. We're going to be the small chamber of Laura Dern." And she had her triumphant moment on the screen, and they didn't do anything, and I didn't do anything. It's because they wow. were instigays. Because they were instigays. They don't know about Laura Dern. So they were not. Tutor-gays. Game of Thrones, Monaco. I'm gonna double down again. That incredible establishing shot. That it, it's the Hugo shot. Like mm-hmm. we just are at the entrance of the casino, and we float over tables, past uh, patrons, mm-hmm. all the way back, really bringing in the size and scope and intoxicating atmosphere of this place, and then Rose. Going back to the fit socialist point, mm-hmm. is disgusted by her surroundings. Yeah. She's like, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. He's like, what are you talking about? This is amazing. Yeah, it's intoxicating, like the Wolf of Wall Street or Goodfellas are. Right? It's like it's terrible people doing exciting looking things. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I, I just love the idea that there's not there's no more repugnant, odious sight in the Star Wars universe now than a group full of war criminals. Yeah. <laughs> making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throwing it around willy nilly. Yeah, profiteers who just don't give a shit about what's happening outside the pearly gates. I like the fat little gnome man or the, who just starts, the blob who yeah, just like puts coins the, into BBAs. Who's yes. <laughs> oh, clearly like wasted, right? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a weird gag. But then it pays, pays off. off. Pays off. Ah, Everything sh- pays off. Cha ching. When, sh- when he shoots coins. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> uh, ben, what did you want to say about Game of Thrones, Monaco? Just that it's the clearest distillation of what we're fighting for. Yes, which is not those people. has presented. And I think it's really exciting. Not exciting. It's smart that when Benicio starts talking about it when they're on the ship, that the war profiteers are making ships for the good guys. Yeah. Yes. That was a very good thing. Capitalism is an evil larger than (laughs) anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. When he when he yeah scrolls through the ships and then there's the good ship. I was like, yep, there it is. Yep. It made me think about not just the military industrial complex. Mm -hmm. It also made me think about the two party system. And I mean, I'm on the record. I'm a partisan hack. Mm -hmm. I'm dyed in the wool blue Democrats, and I will stand by the party forever. But. Both the Democrats and the Republicans take a lot of money from corporate interests, and a lot of idiots want to say that this makes them the same. Just like the First Order and the Rebel Alliance are both receiving these ships to then blow each other up. But only one side defends child molesters. Only one side wants to take away your health care. Only Mm -hmm. one side wants to cut taxes for corporations. Only one side is blowing up planets. (laughs) And and, and there you go. Exactly right. It's complicated. It's not just this idea that, like, they're all bad. This movie has such a nuanced understanding of the way that war profiteering works and the way that these systems prop up good and evil Mm -hmm. and, in a way, perpetuate them. Right. Into a a series of endless conflicts. It made me think a lot about Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm the last 50 years of American foreign policy. Yeah, yeah. why yeah. stop at 2001? Yeah. Let's go back further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Well, that... Yeah. It's <laughs> a conversation. This has been stuff. Movies I Am All. Should we talk about crates? Should we talk about the salt yeah. planet? Yeah, let's talk about the, the Himalayan salt. Oh, are you <laughs> referencing my letterbox log? Oh, was that yours? Yes. Oh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna not. I, <laughs> I was just not gonna give credit. Speaking of fan service, <laughs> it is the exact door Hoth. from Hoth. Yeah, and it looks like it is a snow planet. It's salt, baby. And then he, it's salt. I love that That's moment. That's cute. And the red, the red is when, such a bold when the, choice. When that, the soldier yeah. walks onto the salt and leaves a red flip, flip uh, and you're like, is he bleeding? Yeah. You think it's blood? Yeah. It's amazing. And and. and Oh my god, you guys. When when it blows up enough, so there's just this red arena for Luke and Kylo Ren to have their final showdown. I was just like, yes, the red. Well, it's in, in such that shot specifically, choice. it's such an enormous blood stain, and it's an image about war. Yeah. And about not the consequences of war, but you like it's the logical extension of an idea when it comes to war is a bloody battlefield. Right. You can say it stands for certain uh, ideologies. You're fighting the good fight. At the end of the day, you are leaving a battlefield that is full of human blood. Mm-hmm. And that's what that shot meant to me anyway. Outside, the, yeah. it kind of looked like the blood coming out of the elevator doors of The Shining. Oh, <laughs> With, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I... Mm, the salt. The salt. Okay, so I'm going to get back to my hyperbole then. I think that this is the best maximalist piece of studio filmmaking, like in an act, with an action piece that I have seen in years. Forget Mad Max Fury Road. We just have to table that right. completely. Because that's its own thing. no movie was like that and sent before and no movie was like that after, right? right? What a genius visual conception that wherever a speeder goes or a person goes... We leave a billowing Trail. ribbon of red behind them. This is... God, I was so obnoxious thinking to myself when I was watching the scene because I'm like, this is why cinema exists. Right. Like, yeah. you have... No, seriously. I I was wondering when that set piece was coming because it's so prevalent in the marketing and the trailer. And I was like, of course it's the end. I, I totally forgot. I was so into the movie that I had forgotten. Again, and then into the DOS boot like, nature right. of the movie. We're mm-hmm. just in space submarines for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, there's a poor ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think that sequence is just so great. And I think, um, when John Boyega tries to, you know, kamikaze himself into the cannon mm-hmm. and Rose saves him and then what, what she says, I'm going to butcher the and quote. And incidentally, she kamikazes herself into the canon of great Star Wars moments. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think that she also... She's like, I saved you, dummy, or something. Right, Which, again, yeah. is the whole theme of the movie. He was right, trying to be right. a hero. It speaks to the theme. And, 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 she, and no she one's says, a hero. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. the, it's the idea that yeah. we're not fighting against what we hate. We're fighting for those who we love, mm-hmm. is my bastardized version That's of the, the line. That, that is the line. Yeah. Well, you just saw it, so you're the authority here. That is the line. Um, yeah, pretty I beautiful shit, guys. We've gotten an hour ten into this, and no one has said the words Oscar. Isaac. Well, that's because I believe I this is a show up. that encourages edging. <laughs> nice. And he's... What do you have to say? I just think he's gorgeous. He's just the most beautiful man. <laughs> he's just so beautiful. I, I'm i so happy that everyone is so, like, their, their jimmies are really rustled by him, but <laughs> he doesn't do it for me. That is insane. He doesn't do it for <gasps> me. That's like me talking about The Shape of Water. I'm so glad that people are loving this movie. (laughs) It's just not for me. If I'm being aroused by anyone human in this film, it's John Boyega. He's a hottie. um, He's a big, goofy hottie, but Oscar Oscar Isaac Isaac is a man. Oscar Isaac has never done it for me, and I know I'm in the minority. (laughs) Drag me. I deserve it. Oscar Hernandez is his actual birth name. French kisses. Um... Are we ready for the ranking or what? Can we first do a ranking of wahoos? <laughs> when Daisy Ridley is uh, piloting the Millennium Falcon, and, well, she's not oh, she's yeah. not piloting at the moment. She's, she's so lit. she's on the gunners and she's like, yeah, I could get used to this. It's <laughs> <This is> fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it's not World War Two. <laughs> um, get my agent on the horn. <laughs> <laughs> It was really hard for Sorry. me. Pew, 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 pew. There you go. <laughs> this movie is really hard for me because it hits Oscar Isaac and Laura Dern against each other. And we are... I struggled with that, it's, too. It's quite hard because I want... You were quite hard, too? Yes, it was quite hard. Because, <laughs> um, obviously, you're supposed to be on Oscar Isaac's side. That's the way that the film is presented. Yes, right? which is very frustrating. For frustrating for me. she is right. And because she's Laura Dern, I'm prone to identify with yeah, her. The... Right. Admirable Admiral Amy Jellico. That's why I love is about where her my heart goes. But yeah, the movie wants you to side against her. Right. Because, she's, she's well, by, and, and the reason why is because she is right. 
Of course, but the reason why the movie is trying to fool you mm-hmm. by putting you on Oscar Isaac's side is because you go into the movie probably, right. even if you yourself are a fit socialist, with the assumption that the the heroes are the individual folks here. Right. Not, Not the whole. I, well, l- l- let me rephrase. I want to see my heroes do cool shit rather than I want to see my heroes just wait on the ship and then put everybody else onto another ship because that's our greatest chance of survival. Right. What a what a wet noodle, you know. Right. What a boner killer. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but actually, when if you're going to put She's the group over the self, exactly. And what the movie is doing is She's prolonging it, the existence of the resistance. It is fooling you into thinking that Oscar Isaac is right. The idea right. that heroes right. got a hero, this strong-headed man. Yeah, who wants to act? And How, then I, uh, I like when he's on the stretcher and they just put him in, and she's like, Laura Dern's just like. To, to Carrie Fisher, I like him. Like, yeah. He's a and troublemaker. He's, I like him. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, that kind of broke my heart because I'm like, oh, this means that in the third film, uh, fuck you guys, I'm going to keep saying it, Admirable Admiral Amy Jellico and Oscar Isaac are going to team up somehow. Like, like this was all preamble. Oh, she exploded. No, I know, Brandon. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that in, in that oh, moment, sorry. I thought that... <laughs> Well, you know what? Maybe she uh, maybe she knows maybe the force. She maybe maybe back. she'll come back as a hologram. I know episode nine opens with her just fisting through space. Going, okay, that's the weird phrase for that. <laughs> just going, pew, 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 pew. Yeah, super, <laughs> super manning her way yeah. through. Like, anyway, I thought that it was setting up a relationship, and it wasn't, but that's okay. Great. So um, I'm ready to rank. Okay. You've been talking about it. Brandon is ready, 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 ready. <laughs> Ready to rank. Okay, you go words first. Of the Dixie You're ready. No, I don't want to go first. I'll go first. Thank you. Okay, hold on. Mine's apparently wrong. Are we okay, count- Brandon, consensus is boring. I hope that these are all different from Are we counting other. down? Does yeah. it matter? I'm just going to rattle through. We, we are going from... From bottom to top. Okay. Are, so Ben starts, bottom to top. I'll go last. Nine, right? Nine films. I have mine pulled up. Okay. The Phantom Menace. Ooh. Attack of the Clones. Rogue One. Oh, interesting. The Force Awakens. Oh, oh, Revenge of the Sith. Jesus. Okay. Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. The Empire Strikes Back. I have to. The Last Jedi. Star Wars. Fair. I like how high Revenge of the Sith is. I love Revenge yeah. of the Sith. I, I think Revenge of I the think Sith. Revenge of the Sith gets a bad rap. I think it's it great. does. It's a great movie. Yeah. No, I think Revenge, Revenge of the a, Sith. A bad rap for a bad movie. I'll so never forget. It's my turn to rank. Yeah. I think it's a great I movie. think Revenge. It's fine. It's I fine. think Roger Ebert gave it three and a half back in the day. And it's I was a good like, movie. Or he might have given it four. I probably would have. I probably would give it three out of four. I mean, two and a half for me. I think it's. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. I'm I'm glad how high it is for you. And I would like to say why the original is always and forever my favorite mm-hmm. is because of probably my favorite scene in movie history is Luke standing outside as the two suns set as the French horn plays on the score and then billows into a full orchestra and he's waiting for his life to begin and it is that like it is the call to action moment of the Star Wars franchise and it's the most exciting and beautiful thing and as he dies, it happens again. He sees yeah. the two suns, and we have no... But why does this planet have two suns also? I think that Doesn't it was... Matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And he was seeing... He wanted to go home. 
I'm he was so dead. happy he was that you done. brought this up because when Star Wars is your number one, I was going to say, let's use this as an opportunity to talk about the two sun. I've got the rest of my life ahead of me. I'm yeah. gonna, my life is going to be better. I'm going to mm-hmm. get out of this. Oh, I got One horse town. Yes. And then when he said, when he <sighs> departs this mortal coil by looking out at the suns, a wiser man, tempered by time. I love Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that was a callback to Star Wars. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. I wondered what the two sons were, that's, and I, I wasn't sure. That's Tatooine. So that's two sons. Was um, so Last Jedi was two for you. Yes. Great. Okay, Daniel. Okay. <clears throat> From bottom to top. Yeah, baby. That's the way it worked. What? No. <laughs> Anyway. I was gonna. I was gonna make a gay joke. I made. I tried to make a gay joke before, saying when Ben said bottom to top, I said we'll start with Ben and we'll end with me. Anyway, last place. Yikes! <laughs> last place. Whoa! I'm not cutting that from this episode. <laughs> why? Even why why was you? Well, I did say it twice. <laughs> I didn't even hear it the first time. Gentlemen, <laughs> I shot right over your head. <laughs> cut that out. Jesus. <laughs> Brandon, this is all your fault when you were talking about getting a boner and calling by your name. Yeah, we've let the floodgates open now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what's your ranking? Okay. Um, uh, Attack of the Clones. Nice. The Phantom Manas. Mm-hmm. Um, episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. No, 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 no. Rogue One. Rogue One. Okay. Rogue One, Revenge of the Sith. The Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, The Last Jedi, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Great. By the way, I thought I was going to put Last Jedi as second, but it's just not better than the first Star Wars movie. Nothing's better than the first Star Wars movie except for Empire Strikes Back. I'm out. So you put Last Jedi, then Empire. No, no, no. He I did, did it Last third. Jedi, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, Star Wars was too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> My ranking. I'm following along. <laughs> uh, Attack of the Clones, Episode 1, Episode 3, Rogue One, Return of the Jedi, then The Force Awakens. Yeah, that's where you're wrong. That's where, like, I have to take issue. But continue. What, they put Force Awakens above Revenge of the Sith? No, that he put... I put... Uh, I put Reven- Force, uh, Force oh, sorry, Awakens we above... No, sorry. I put Force Awakens above, above Return, Return of, of the, the Jedi. Jedi. But continue. But in my defense, I have not seen... I have not seen Return of the Jedi in a long time. It's great. Watch, watch it again. Watch I watched it twice at the end of last year. It's great. Okay. Continue. Because um, I was mostly basing this off of what I've logged these films on Letterboxd. Mm. So, um... We'll have a side conversation. <laughs> ranking according to star value. Um, right. I mean, that shouldn't play into account. But So I haven't seen Return of the Jedi in a while, so I, I could see it being above Force Awakens. But as it stands in my mind right now, I've seen Force Awakens more recently. I, I really loved okay. it. Okay. So it's above Return of the Jedi, but I could see how that's objectively wrong. Um, and then my top three are... My list is very... Go for it. My list is very unconventional. Bring it on. Three is Star Wars, two is Empire Strikes Back, and my number one is The Last Jedi. This is Brandon's favorite Star Wars. I said it might be the best one. 
For me, might be the greatest film. I, I've, I've, I will never I've, get over the original Star Wars. Sure, just I just won't. I've, for me personally, I've never been affected by a Star Wars movie yet, the way I was affected by this one. So for me, that makes it number one. So what is it that hit you so hard? Just the fact that it felt like a real, not a real film. They're all real films, but like, just his command of cinematic language was so strong in this, and I was very conscious of it and impressed by it. And the fact that it just is so contemporary, it's so groundbreaking in things it does that should not be all that groundbreaking. I don't know. Right. It just it, it it's very bold for for. For what it's doing, for being a Star Wars movie. I don't know, it, it's breaking a lot of interesting ground. I think it's fun that we all have different number one, and I think that they are all equally good options for number one. I agree. I think that those are the three I think those are films. Yes. I yeah, think I mean, we can all agree. Thank God one of us isn't being, I mean, in a way Ben was just being like this, but being like, Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars movie. You know? I didn't say it was the best, I just said it's I know, a good movie. I know, I know, I know, hey. I know. I'm saying thank God one of us wasn't being such a contrarian. Right. I mean, once I log off here, I'm probably going to put Return of the Jedi above Force Awakens and I'll probably put Episode 3 above Rogue Brandon, One. Brandon, stick to your goddamn guns. Stick Whatever. to your blasters. Your I need to re-watch all of these as well. Well... That uh, that Force Awakens Return of the Jedi ranking has set me too stunned. I must <laughs> say. <clears throat> okay, boys, we. I mean, I I'm not done. Uh, yeah, I could keep going too, but I know we don't even need to wrap up right this second. But does anyone have anything that they really want to get on the record? I, I feel like we should have talked more about the like... Salt Planet, but that's no, fine. I think my last two more say say it. My last two cents I just gave, so I'm good. Well, I, I mean, I find the climax. Well. <laughs> Not the climax. I find the uh, final climax. Well, it's not the final climax. Right. When Ray stop coming. <sighs> um, oh no. Well, Ben. <laughs> oh wow. Oh wait, no. Ben was saying this is not what I was gonna say, but I just thought this was funny. Ben was texting with me yesterday before you had seen this film, and you said that the ending of the film is Eisenstein for you. I didn't say the ending. I just said all of the. That's what I mean. Like the whole climax is Eisenstein for you. And then I sent you a picture of the lady who gets shot in the eye in Battleship Potemkin going, ah, as us climaxing talking about this movie. Oh my god. I mean, all of the editing, like, is just... Yeah, it's incredibly strong. It should win the Oscar for best editing. The, the, just as Star Wars did. It's a hell of a payoff, y'all, when Rey moves the big rocks yeah. after moving the little rocks. Yeah. yeah. And sets the team free. And also has her own realization. Like... We haven't even really talked about Ray's journey. No, we um, haven't. Which is, next to Luke's, probably the most complicated. I mean, not probably, it, is the most complicated. It really zigs and zags. That's rank. It goes Luke, Ray, Kylo, uh, Ben, MP. And those are the, that's the <laughs> ranking for most complicated personal arcs in the film. I agree. Okay, so you guys are done, it seems like. I have to be. <laughs> I, I, I've said all of the things that I've thought about. Okay. Which doesn't mean that more won't come to me. But sure. This is where we are. Okay. Well, um, I will say it's my number five of the year right now. It's my number twelve. Where are you at, Ben? Ben keeps his locked. Uh, I do locked keep in the it chest locked up. You keep it locked up tight. But I'm I'm happy with my it being number five right now. It's gonna be a single digit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Definitely for me as well. Yeah. It's yeah, probably yeah. going to be a single hand number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number eleven is the Lost City of Porgs. Nice. But number 12 is The Last Jedi. Beach Porgs. Beach Porgs. <laughs> a, a quiet Porg. Wait. Oh my god. A, a 
porn story. The porn project. Oh, we already said, I said that. that. Wait, what did you just this say? doesn't oh, work. Sorry. This doesn't work with on the porg at night alone. <laughs> <laughs> we have to, have to pull up the film. <laughs> wait, wait. Pork trot doesn't work either. But that. What about porgless? Porgs, porgs places. A porg story. Yeah. Personal porg. <laughs> the big porg. Good porg. Pork time. Porg exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> The po- the no. No, that's it. Well, I think it's safe to say that after Warp this episode, we are all porks. we are all Wonder Porg Porg bound. <laughs> this has been Movies IMO. Um <laughs> I'm Porg da- IMO. <laughs> oh god. Uh, I'm so Daniel stupid. Crook. You can find me on Twitter. English porg. Daniel Crook with three porks. Um <laughs> and um, and that's it for me. <laughs> My crying. entire high school sinking into the porn. <laughs> I'm pretty groovy. You can find me at my new handle at porn. <laughs> Molly's porn. I'm not going to be able to say this aloud. <laughs> 120 porgs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 120 porks per minute. Winner! <laughs> I'm Ben Envy. I'm Ben Solo. Oh yeah. New name. Yeah, my new display name on Twitter is Ben Solo. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. <laughs> Close us out. Host. We yeah, are or, we are three porks outside Evan, Missouri, <laughs> and we're calling it a night. <laughs> the winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. <laughs>